T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Kevon Looney. Welcome back to Wither and Diz. Welcome back to Wither and Diz on 95.7 again. Thanks, Kevon. Good luck tonight. Warriors taking on the Boston Celtics. And uh, the Warriors Live is what it is, Larry. Warriors Live with John Dickinson. 3.30 right here on 95.7 The Game. While we're in this space. Is James Wiseman alive? Uh, James Wiseman's got an ankle, and he did not scrimmage yesterday, so I don't believe that uh, he will be in action tonight. But what do you make of the Warriors real quick while we're here? We'll go back to the phones, 888-957-9570. Anthony wants to weigh in on what scares him about this Cowboy game. But you got the Warriors at Boston tonight, at Cleveland tomorrow. I set the over-under before the road trip at two and a half road wins. They've got two so far with two games to go. Do they get one of these next two, Larry? Uh, it's Boston and Cleveland? Yes, back-to-backs. Uh, no. no. Okay, they're going to lose them both. They're going to lose them both. And dip two games below five hundred. What does that say about where we are with this Warrior team where we used to just outright guarantee on a trip like this that they wouldn't go two and three, but now they might go two and three on this trip, and, you know, people are quietly not going to be that disappointed by it. Well, I mean, I mean, you know, Golden State, I think can win the title this year out of any playoff spot in the West. I really Including believe that. the play-in? Including the play-in. Uh, I don't, it won't be easy, but I, I, I don't see the team. I guess Memphis is rolling. They've won, what, 10 or 11 in yeah. a row now. Um, and they're playing really, really well. But I don't see the team... Now, maybe Dallas, if Dallas is talking about making a big trade, bringing in uh, uh, Bojan Bogdanovich, and, you know, if, if Dallas could add a couple more pieces, I, I kind of am intrigued by Dallas. Obviously, Denver's played pretty well. Phoenix is there. I don't see any team in the West that I really picture beating Golden State four times in the spring. That being said, I also don't see Golden State. Um, you know, winning a title if they get zero out of Moody, Kuminga, and Wiseman. Yeah. So I don't know what the deal is. I read today that that Wiseman's not going to be traded. Um, Joe Joe Lacob obviously loves James Wiseman. I, I just don't get it. I don't see it. I don't. I'm, I'm not I'm not understanding it. Uh, I don't understand why he's out for three weeks with an ankle. Um, I didn't see him hurt the ankle, so yeah. maybe that's part of it. But. Um, I don't know. I, I, to me, I think they have to either get something out of Wiseman, Kuminga, and Moody, 
or they need to turn those guys into a player that can help them in the rotation. If they get zero out of those three guys, and Kuminga's obviously played a nice role. Right, but, right. But if they get zero out of those guys, they won't win. If they can turn one of those guys or two of those guys into a rotation player of note... Um, then I think they're that that they'll be that will give them just enough to get over the top. Yeah. Um, I don't see anybody in the West though beating them. I really don't. Sacramento not, not for, light the beam. They've won five in a row, and so now they're the they're three the, seed. They're the three seed, they're and the they did it without seed. Sabonis last yeah, night. Yeah, really impressive. I'm happy for Sacramento. I hope that they can continue this trajectory and make it in the playoffs and end the longest playoff drought in American professional sports. Right now, they are. They are in the catbird seat after the Mariners made the playoffs in baseball. What is it? 15 14, years? I think. 15, 14. Yeah. Like it's, been, uh, it's been a while. It's been a long, been a while. long time. They're playing up-tempo. Give Mike Brown credit. He put the ball in deer in Fox's hands, and Fox is having a career year. Um, and they drafted Keegan Murray over Jaden Ivey. I didn't like that at the time, but... You know what? They, they the one thing about Mike Brown is he's going to take from Steve Kerr the same thing Kerr has brought to the Warriors in that he's going to bring the entire group along. Right. He's not going to say, "Hey, these four guys are banished to the end of the bench, never to be heard from again." Mike Brown is from the Kerr school of bring your entire team all the way through the season. Sacramento's had a problem with that dibs as you well know. Oh, they, yeah. they have fractured as a team Always. at some point in the last 5 or 6 years and then they go on some free fall and fall out of things. I think they'll stay together this year. And they have the right coach and you know somebody who's been around the block. He's been an NBA champion, so Mike Brown doing a great job. The Warriors by the way are the 7 seed. As we sit right now, and again, it's Warriors Live with John Dickinson at 3.30 as the Warriors take on the Celtics. The road to Glendale begins now. It's brought to you by Merrill West Credit Union, working for you today, tomorrow, together. Let's go to the phones. We're talking about who scares you in this Cowboy Niner matchup, and Anthony wants to weigh in. Anthony, what are you doing? Uh, just working over here, uh, you know, every day, picking up trash. Nice. There you I appreciate go, man. that, Anthony. Thank you. Hey, no, no problem. Thank you, guys. Hey, uh, have you guys seen that play where uh, against Seattle where Juszczyk misses Irvin and just lays Trent Williams on his back? So, I mean, that, that play right there, I mean, if Kyle Juszczyk can uh, pick up anybody, he's going to be my biggest fear against defense or against the Niners and stuff. But no, on a serious note, the the – the biggest thing that scares me is the crowd. You know, if, if the crowd the crowd gets in there, yeah, because you know, I, I've been to plenty of uh, Dallas Niner games, and Dallas they do show up. You know, and, and they love that rivalry team and stuff like that. And I'm just hoping that the faithful didn't sell away their their tickets so so much. You know, just to get an extra few dollars or whatnot. You know, we, we've been very successful in taking over the crowd these games and stuff, but. You know, that that's the biggest thing that, that scares me and stuff because the times that I have been there, the crowd has gotten louder and, yeah. and made it difficult for the quarterback to go there. But anybody on the defense, we've always shut them down on a big-name person. Crosby, he's a beast, but we shut him down. Donald, he's a beast. We shut him down. So I feel Parson, he's not going to be a problem. The, the coaches know how to figure out how to control – those one big hitter guys and stuff on defense and stuff. So that's all I got to say about that. Let's Thanks, Anthony. Yeah, appreciate the phone call. And, uh, man, the crowd. The crowd has been 
incredible area, and you go down there for all these games, and I know you're in the hermetically sealed press box, which is it's always kind of a weird thing. It is. And I, I get why they do that, but I always like to be able to crack a window open and get a little bit of the nat, of the nat sound when you're up there. This is not to disparage the press box because that thing is beautiful. The food they roll out, the seating. So I mean, there's seats for everyone. I'll be out there again this Sunday, and you know I'm on on the front row down near the goal line, but it's great seats, yeah. quite frankly. But I, I wish that they could, you know, have the and the windows don't open. They're not no, windows. It's, it's like three inches of glass. You, <laughs> I, I will say this though, when a Menahue strip sacked a Gino in this last game, you could feel the the the, the glass shaking. Yeah, I mean, you could feel the impact of that. That was an incredible moment. I guess the guy that I, I kind of fear outside of Parsons, it, and I don't even know how to pronounce his name. It's the UCLA D tackle Osa Odegzugzu, or I, I think that's right. I don't, I just, don't believe that's no, right. No, no matter what you said, I was going with it. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it wasn't quite uh, Joe Biden singing "Happy Birthday" or anything, <laughs> but you know, but you know, but Osa Odigzuwa or whatever. He's two hundred and eighty-five pounds, and he's fast, and he rushes the passer and shoots up field. Hankins is their Hankins is their non-pass rusher. He Hankins is like a he's like a building, right. you know what I mean? He's so strong. The former Raider. He's a two-gap guy. It's classic but, three technique. Everybody exactly. Everybody else on that on that D line is a pass rusher, and Osa is the biggest-bodied guy. He kind of worries me because I mean I I watched him at UCLA. He was a great pass rusher there. I've watched him at the Cowboys. He yeah. has penetration. Um, that's a concern. The other one is is a concern is just um, Kyle Shanahan. You know, do they do they get? too aggressive with the pass. I think that their real advantage here is that Dallas cannot stop the run. That's the thing, but, yeah. But Shanahan has shown that he likes balance. So I think, in in my mind, I would love this to be a 65-35 mix. Uh, mix of run-pass. And we've seen much more of a 50-50 kind of a split. Um, I think this is a run-heavy game plan. I think the the one thing about Dallas, you got to play complementary football because they're you know they've got a good offense. Uh, Pollard is good. Prescott's a, you know a nice player. They've got good receivers. So the Niners have some you know with Mosley out, they've got some issues in the secondary. So play complementary ball. Yeah. Run the ball. Keep Dallas's offense on the sideline. And that's where I think Shanahan is ab- at his absolute best. He's in his bag, as the kids like to say. When he runs the ball 30 or more times. When you get 30 runs, this team wins the football game. It's just that simple. It's about an 80% clip. Five of the last eight games, they've reached that 30-plus level in terms of rush attempts. And for me, if I'm Kyle Shanahan and I look at the way to go about winning, not just this game, but most games or any game, it's exactly what you're saying. 30 or more runs. You want to possess it for 33 or more minutes thereby limiting Dallas's possessions, limiting their opportunity to come out and score and hit you with that quick strike. And I look at this Dallas defense, and you just did a great job of laying out their front and how good most of them are at rushing the passer. Not a lot of mobility. And the way this this zone stretch game is run, I don't see a lot of a lot of fear in terms of how the 49ers can run the ball to the edges with the zone stretch game. I, I don't see Dallas being able to outflank them unless they want to really commit additional numbers to try to stop the run. And that's where Brock Purdy's been so great in the play-action game. The stretch, and then off the stretch, the boot, George Kittle and all the other weapons. 
I think that if they're able to run the ball early, Dallas is going to have to commit more numbers to stop the run, and that's where Brock Purdy can feast. You know, it's interesting that Tampa had the game plan they had. Now, I know Tampa doesn't have much of a run game, but the, the, the rookie runner from ASU, Rashad White, was going for almost six yards a pop. Brady threw it, Dibs, 66 yeah, times. Second most in uh, NFL history, I they, believe. They ran it 12 times. If, if you're going to have, you either need balance against the Cowboys, or you need a run-heavy scheme. Right. If you if you're going to throw it 66 times and run it 12 times, you're feeding into what Dallas does well. They rush the passer. They got all kinds of defensive backs who can pick passes off. Run the ball. Run the ball or be balanced, but do not come out and just hurl it all over the yard and go away from your run game. And that's what the Niners have been so good at, not only this year, but throughout the Shanahan tenure. You mentioned earlier about finding undrafted running backs and even look at, at the, the backs they have this year. I know you spent a third-round pick on Ty Davis-Price, and he hasn't made any sort of impact, but you also have Jordan Mason. Yeah, he's he been good. Jordan Mason's been incredible. And now with Eli Mitchell back, Mason is really kind of your closer. And you mentioned this earlier, how much Eli Mitchell might we see. I think that Kyle sticks to the game plan, which has been a ton of Christian McCaffrey early in the game, a sprinkling of Debo, soften up the defense. Then you go to Eli Mitchell, who's a little bit bigger and more of a physical back to continue to soften the defense up more. Last week against Seattle, 48 snaps for McCaffrey, only 14 for Mitchell. I'd like that number to be much higher for Mitchell. I thought Dallas last year could not stop Elijah Mitchell. So I'd like to see a little bit more of Elijah this week running between the tackles against Dallas. Yeah, that would be certainly something to look for. And I I think in the second half of the game is where you tend to get more Eli Mitchell because put yourself in Kyle Shanahan's shoes. You've got Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. And he is one of the best running backs in football. We talked before about a Hall of Fame trajectory. He's on one. And right now, healthy, he is playing about as well as he has in his entire career. And then you also have Debo Samuel, who you can put in in certain situations and have him run the ball. Not to discount Eli Mitchell, but you've got an embarrassment of riches in the ground game. So I agree with you. More Mitchell probably than just a dozen or so snaps, let alone more carries. It's, it's going to be hard, though, to take the ball out of Christian McCaffrey's hands. It's going to be hard to take the ball out of Purdy's hands, too, the way he's thrown it. I'll tell you one thing that really looks dangerous for the Niners, and I don't have the numbers in front of me to back this up. So this is more you know, my, my, my kind of sense of it than anything. I just think Brock Purdy looks really dangerous in that empty set where they fl- where they have nobody else in the backfield yeah. and you know the ball's coming out fast because his footwork and his accuracy on the short stuff is so damn good that if you put five guys in the pattern and give him a full look at the field, he- that's pretty hard to defend right there. Yeah, especially, like you say, even if you come out and you play man against that, well, how are you going to match up against McCaffrey, Ayuk, Samuel, and Kittle, and I don't know if it's going to be Jawan Jennings if you're going with the uh, the 11 personnel, one running back, one tight end. And that's the beauty of Christian McCaffrey is you can play out of 11 personnel and go empty because McCaffrey is such an incredible route runner that you don't, like a lot of teams when they go empty, it's because they don't have the running back on the field. You're going with four wides and a tight end, or you're going straight five wides, and that's where you know, Kyle Shanahan and all the pre-snap motion and the pre-snap shifting 
it's got to be a nightmare for a defensive coordinator. And I know he's going up against his former boss, Dan Quinn, the D.C. in Dallas. But they can come out, especially with youth check, when they go to 21 personnel with the two running backs and the one tight end. And all of a sudden, you can go empty. You can you know move youth check into that second tight end spot. And they do that a bunch. And leave McCaffrey as your lone running back. Or you could shift them both out and go empty. There's so many different things that Kyle Shanahan can do out of so many different personnel groupings. Yeah, the, the one that I think is kind of a sleeper, and they flashed it against Washington four or five weeks ago, and they haven't, we haven't seen it since. And I just know Shanahan, he's, come, he's going back to this at some point, and it's the Ray Ray McLeod run. And I talked to Ray Ray, and he said, hey, man, I was born a running back. I grew up as a running back. I've got more experience at running back than I do at wide receiver. And I said, man, it looked really natural. And that play against Washington Dibs, where he got the edge, kind of like Raheem Mostert used to, just yeah. like with, with total ease, right? And just took it down. I think it was like a 60-yard run down the sidelines. Ray Ray's got that big playability. I'd love to see them utilize him in the run game. Yeah, so much speed, too, which, uh, you know, we all were expecting to see that from Danny Gray. Danny Gray is another guy who hasn't really been able to crack the rotation and make it on the field. I asked Ray Ray, I said, Ray Ray, what's your, you got any pregame rituals? He said, yeah, I like to come back after I work out on the field, listen to a little 50 cent high all the time, <laughs> and then I like to, that gets me in the mood for, for doing what I do. I said, all right. Sounds good. Do you. Do you, do yeah. you Ray Ray. Yeah. I am a little bit concerned, and I, I've had this concern for five or six weeks, and it's Ray Ray McLeod in the kick return game. Because he does have the tendency at times to be a little loose with the football, Larry. Well, not this year. Right. But last year. And that is kind of one of those things. And I, I brought it up a couple times early in the pre early in the season with Lowe on the pregame show. And then I just stopped mentioning it because we haven't seen it. Right. But Ray Ray last year, Dibs, fumbled six times. Man. This year, I don't think, knock on wood, he's fumbled at all. So... Maybe it's something that he's just a cognizant of and really aware of and working on. Uh, or you could argue he's due, right? I mean, you know, I don't know. It depends how you look at it. But yeah. uh, Ray Ray has done a great job this year protecting the ball, but his rep was a guy who fumbled. And the whole team has done a great job in terms of ball security. This has not been a team that's fumbled a lot, which is why they are number one in the NFL in the giveaway, takeaway, plus minus, which usually if you're at the top of that list, you're a winning football team, and, and that's been the case. Larry's in for Mark today. It's Willard and Dibs. Danny White going to join us coming up here at the bottom of the hour. Cowboy legend, quarterback, and punter. All guests appear on the Bud Light guest line. Bud Light, easy to drink, easy to enjoy. What are you looking forward to asking a Danny White about, Larry? Well, you know, Danny White was is such an interesting guy because he came into the league, he was a punter and the backup quarterback, and didn't play for like four years, sat behind Roger Staubach, and then played really well. Um, you know, really well. I mean, the Cowboys won a lot of games with Danny White. Um, but it just seemed like it seemed like unfortunately he is the guy who was there when the Niners kind of went by the Cowboys. And I want to ask him what what Dallas's mindset was like. You mentioned you were at the 45-14 yeah. shellacking of the Cowboys in 1981. That was a regular season game. I think it was like week five or week six. Well, the Niners played the Cowboys in the NFC Championship game, and I'm just kind of wondering what their mindset was like 
going into that game because they still had all the big stars and they still had all the future Hall of Famers and the Niners were kind of this plucky upstart, you know what I mean? And I just was wondering if they had full respect for the 49ers going into that NFC Championship game or if they really thought... You know what? They got us last time, but we didn't really show. And, you know, I, I'd be eager to to hear his thoughts on kind of the two dynasties. Yeah. It, was the, it was kind of the, the sun setting on the Cowboys dynasty and the beginning of the 49er dynasty. And the 49ers would go on to win the next four matchups against Dallas after that NFC championship game. The two teams would play in... 1983, Niners rolled. 85, Niners rolled. And then two trips to Dallas, 31 to 14 and 24 to 6. Those were in 1989 and 1990. So it really was kind of a changing of the guard. And also, I, I, I want to ask him about following up and replacing a legend because you go from Roger Staubach to anybody. It's got to be tough to try to, to fill those shoes, which is. You know, makes me think about the Niners when you go from Montana to Young, and after Young, it was Jeff Garcia, right, or Elvis Gerbach first, and so how hard was that to have to follow those guys with the Niners? Have you ever interviewed anybody that you thought was kind of almost had like a regal persona? I interviewed, uh, you know, Roger Staubach at Army Navy about five years ago. And I didn't even know I was going to interview him, but obviously he was a great star with the Naval yeah. Academy. Um, and they and they trot him out for Army-Navy. He has an aura about him. First of all, super kind man, super, super nice guy. Um, but there's like an Roger Staubach has an aura. I'm telling you, man, it's a it's a weird thing. You're interviewing him. You feel like you're interviewing, you know, somebody of regal status as opposed to a quarterback. I mean, at least that's the way it appeared to me when I sat down with him. He just he just class personified. You and know part what I'm of saying? that though is because when we were kids, there wasn't the amount of media and coverage, and certainly social media that there is today. So when you see a player like Roger Staubach, who was the quarterback of the Cowboys, obviously, and we watched a lot of Cowboys games because every game wasn't on TV. You got the network game. The Niner games weren't on TV when they were home because they weren't sellouts and they were blacked out, so you didn't get to even see every Niner game. A lot of times, you got to see Dallas, America's team, because the network wanted to show them. So I'm right there with you in terms of Roger Staubach and you know him being from the Naval Academy and being the QB of America's team and Tom Landry with the fedora over there on the sideline. There was something mystical about those Cowboys teams. Uh, and we used to play, uh, you know, you know, football at recess. Somebody, you know, you you were either there was one of three quarterbacks. You know, when you were drop, you were either Roger Staubach. This is in the seventies. Yeah, Terry, Terry Bradshaw, Bradshaw, Fran Tarkenton. Yeah. Fran Tarkenton, who that was interesting that Pete Carroll compared Brock Purdy to Fran Tarkenton, who used to run these figure eights. Yeah. And, you know, and then I got a chance to know Fran Tarkenton over the years, uh, having him on the radio and became like, you know, loving Fran Tarkenton. I love Fran Tarkenton. He's he's a terrific guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those were the guys. Yeah, those for me, the guys it was back Jim in the Brown day. when I had a chance to interview Jim Brown. At a Super Bowl many years ago, that sort of like regal persona when you see him walk into the room and you get, you know, got to catch yourself a little bit. It's like, oh my God, it's Jim Brown. Right. That same sort of like, you know, the legends from when we were kids, their, their careers were already long over. But just to see the size of his hands and just to see the amount of, of life in his face, you know, all the things that he had done. Jim Brown would be that guy for me. Jim Brown united the Crips and the Bloods at his house in in L.A. This is incredible. In the, in the was it the late eighties? Yeah, 
You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, some incredible stories. I mean, me, I, we, I worked with G-Rad forever, and he filmed something at Jim Brown's house and told me about going there, and it was like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. You know, you got to be kidding me. But uh, the great Jim Brown, I mean. I love it. Unbelievable. He's the kind of guy that other athletes would stop, even in a Super Bowl setting, at like a radio row, and like watch. Oh, yeah. Without know, a got doubt. that kind of presence. An absolute uh, presence and persona. And uh, we have another legend coming on next. Danny White going to join us here. Larry Kruger's in for Mark Willard. It's Willard and Dibs with Danny White next on 95.7 The Game. Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. Hi, welcome back. It's been fun, Larry. Chopping it up with you. Larry Kruger in for Mark Willard here. Mark back tomorrow as we continue to count it down. Sunday, 3 o'clock, 3.30. It's the 49ers hosting the Dallas Cowboys. The rivalry is renewed. And with that, time to bring in our guest who knows a thing or two about Cowboys and 49er rivalry. All guests appear on the Bud Light guest line. Bud Light, easy to drink, easy to enjoy. We go to the phones. Ex-Dallas Cowboy quarterback and punter, currently the color commentator for Cowboys America's Team Radio Network. It's Danny White. Danny, how you doing? I'm doing great. How you doing? Doing well, and we're all getting fired up here for Cowboys and Niners. The rivalry renewed. Before we get into this matchup, 2023 Let's go back in time to your experiences in the Cowboys and the Niners rivalry. Well, I mean, it, it, it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to remember the rivalry without everything getting blocked out by, by the catch, you know, and in the one game. But there were a lot, of, a lot of games before that where we pretty much dominated the rivalry and then and then that game happened and uh and that play actually i mean because we had the game won we thought um you could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe visit hyundaiusa.com for more details hyundai there's joy in every journey Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And it's, it's amazing in the game of football how, how things can turn uh, you know, on a dime, on a single play, and you look at the great plays, the catch, the Hail Mary, 
um, th- those those course were plays that were not by design. They you know they just they just happened. The football gods took over as they always do, sooner or later. And, and you get the breaks, you get the bounces, you get the calls, you get the injuries, and uh, something that's out of your control seems to often uh, take effect. And that's kind of how how I felt about about that play and that game was that hey you know it was meant to be and it wasn't it was out of my control standing on the sideline watching them go 90 yards um for a touchdown to, to win that game but the rivalry you know was was of course a lot more games than that but but dominated by that that one game and that one play I, I was telling Dibs before, Danny, that uh, your guys' talent in the early 80s, late 70s as well, but the you know really still right there in 1981 was just amazing. I mean, an amazing, talented team on both sides of the football. And, the, and, the, and Dibs was at the 45-14 regular season game. And I'm just kind of wondering, Niners put one on you guys early, but what was your mindset going into the championship game that year in 81? Did you feel like you guys were the better team and, and that, that, that week five or six game early in the year was an aberration? Well, yeah, and, and I and I think that's true now, and I, I think it's I think it's always teams teams evolve during the season, and your strengths and your weaknesses are developed, and you just all you do is you try to you try to build towards the playoffs, and you want to be playing your best football when you hit the playoffs, and it happened to the to the Rams a couple of years you know last year, and and every year, and then and then this year, look what's happened to them, and. So the way the, the owners, and to their credit, they've created a system that, that uh, breeds new life every year. It, it's amazing to me that the team in Houston thought that they were going to win the Super Bowl at the start of the season. Everybody uh, builds their team up in the offseason so that all the fans think that they're the best team in the league. And, and, and it's incredible to watch that process happen, but it, but it does. And the way the draft is set up, the way the scheduling is set up, um, any team can win in any given year, and you never know who that's going to be. Uh, so, yeah, we talked about the Dallas-San Francisco rivalry, and we talked about all the stats this season and all the things that the 49ers have done and the Cowboys have done. And you know what? It all means absolutely nothing <laughs> for, for Sunday afternoon. I mean, the team that goes out there and plays the best game, now granted, the one, the one factor that I think makes a difference is home field advantage. It did for us. We played three championship games, 80, 81, 82, all on the road and lost all three of them. And so I know a little bit about playing on the road, and it, it, it makes a difference. And, the coaches and the players will try to downplay it, but but it's it's a big deal. It's a big it's a big factor in the game, and so the Cowboys are going to have to overcome that, and they do it by not making mistakes, by by being prepared for the noise and the environment, and not getting holding penalties on first down and illegal procedures and things that put them behind the sticks offensively and lining up offsides and. And doing stupid things defensively. The team that 
that doesn't beat themselves will probably win this game, and uh, that's where home field advantage plays into it. So, yeah, that you know, we were a different team at the end of the season than we were early in the season, just like both of these teams are now. Former Cowboy quarterback Danny White here with Willard and Dibbs on 95.7 The Game. The Niners looking markedly different with a third-string quarterback, kid out of Arizona, Brock Purdy. What do you make from afar of what Brock Purdy's been able to do as a rookie going undefeated here late in the year? Well, uh, we put way too much emphasis. Uh, I say we. I've I've come over to the dark side of the media. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and, uh, on the quarterback position. Yeah, he, he's a guy that touches the ball in every play, and it's critical to have a good a good quarterback. But just draw the comparison between Tom Brady and Brock Purdy this year. And, who, you know, who would you rather be? Well, um, it, it's, it's incredible how the game of football uh, has, has become such a great team sport and, and it, there's not a quarterback that ever played at that level that won't tell you that he is at the mercy of the people around him. If that offensive line doesn't do their job, if the receivers don't do their job, if the running backs don't do their job, then it's impossible for him to do his job. Um, I watched I watched uh, Michael Parsons put make Tom Brady look like a rookie. Uh, and, and that's how powerful one player or one defense, and he didn't do it by himself, but he was breathing down Brady's back on every play. And Brady got tired of it. I don't blame him. I've been there. Um, and and yet, Brock Purdy has this great team around him. Maybe, maybe the most talented team on paper in the playoffs. There's not a weakness on that team. Now insert Brock Purdy, and I, it, it could be him. It could be just about anybody that's played quarterback at the collegiate level, and they're going to go out there and, and, and look good. He's going to have open receivers. He's going to have time. He's going to have space to be able to see. He's going to have all that going for him. It's going to be like seven on seven, and that's what Brock Purdy's experiencing right now. I hope he appre- appreciates it because it's not going to be that that way. For the rest of his career, Danny, how, how nervous would would you be if you're a Cowboy player about Brett Maher, who missed the four PATs today? They signed Tristan Viscaino, another kicker, to the practice squad. Is that something? Do you think Dallas goes for it on fourth down? Do you think they they try two point conversions if Maher struggles early in this game? W- what's your thought on it? I don't. I don't. I, I don't think they change a thing. They have got to show Brad Maher that they've, that they've got his back. While everybody else in the world, the, the media, the fans, everybody else is turning on him, his teammates, the guys in the locker room, have got his back. And that's all that matters. That's all that matters to him. His coach has got his back. He's going to put him in there to kick a field goal or an extra point. And he, he knows what kind of, he can't let one game override an entire season of greatness. The guy the guy was the best kicker next to maybe Tucker in the league this year. Um, the only two field goals, two of the three field goals he missed all year were 59 yards. Um, so 
everybody wants to just erase that and only just look at one game. Well, I was out there on the surface of that field before the game, and it was a, it was an iffy kind of a surface. I know it didn't affect a lot of the other guys as much as it did him, but I think he got in his head that he thought he might slip, and he was just it just changed him just a little bit. And we all anybody who's ever played golf knows knows how easy it is yeah. for your swing to go right in the tank. You know, and and uh, I'm sure that's what happened to him, and it got in his head, and yeah. and now he's big. The, the most important thing that can happen to him this week is for things to get back to normal. And the field at Levi Stadium should be much better. We haven't gotten the rain this week yeah. that we got last week, so no excuses for Maher kicking at Levi's. Danny, thank you for joining us, and uh, have a good call this Sunday. Hey, thanks a lot, guys. Great to be with you. Thank you, Danny. Danny White, former Cowboy quarterback and punter. He knows a thing about kicking. He actually was the punter before he became the starting quarterback. Well, it's change over time, Larry. We got Steiny and Goo coming in, and let's take a look at this Warrior game a little bit here before those guys come in. Yeah, I know you've got some interesting thoughts on Boston in a revenge spot with uh, John Dickinson getting the coverage started with Warriors Live at three thirty. Celtics and Warriors tonight. It's Willard and Dibs. Larry Kruger in for Mark Willard on 95.7 The Game. What do you got? from the front side. Greg Beekert recovers the fumble. Being Charles Woodson, first time today I've seen him come on a blitz. I don't think the, the recoil of the fake throw is what made it come out of Tom Brady's hand. Uh, After reviewing the play, the quarterback's arm was going forward. It is an <laughs> Now, back to Willard and Dibbs on 95.7 The Game. Well, on behalf of all of us to all of you in the Raider Nation, I'm sorry. Joe Spadoni, who is our great technical director, the engineer on the ones and twos, he's a Raider fan. And he came in during the break and said, 21 years since the Tuck game, should I play it? And I said, you know what, Joe? I admire you for putting the show first because when we have these anniversaries, Larry, you got to play it. 21 years ago, I got to review it. Why? They review it. They overturn it. Vinatieri knifes one through the snow from 45 yards out to force overtime. And a hero is born. Tom Brady, he's still playing. It's amazing. We 21 had, years later. We had Danny White on, who was there for the birth of the Niner dynasty. Yeah. And we just played that. That was the birth of the Patriots dynasty. Yeah. It's one of those days that I will never forget. I was working for, must have been... Comcast Sportsnet at the time, uh, and I was a stage manager. We had a doubleheader that day, college basketball, and the first game was at St. Mary's, and the second game was at Stanford. The color commentator and I, a guy by the name uh, Tall Guy, he does some uh, some Warriors analysis of home games here on 95.7 The Game. Double T's. My job, Larry, was to go with Tom from St. Mary's, we didn't go in the same car, but my job was basically to babysit Tom 
between the St. Mary's game, which was like a noon kick, and the Stanford game, which was like a probably a six o'clock kick. Right. My job was to make sure that. You know, because we were watching football. We had to go. So we went to a place called The Sports Page in Palo Alto. I don't know if you're familiar. No. Beautiful, big sports bar. And I'm sitting there with Tommy T, and we're watching this game. He may or may not have had the Raiders plus three that day. <laughs> so we're watching it. and it's unlike T to uh, exactly. throw a wager down. So, and he's the absolute best, as you know. And yes. people are coming up to him, and he's like, hey, he's friendly. And, you know, he's just like one of the guys, other right. than the fact that he's... You know, six, seven, and Because that's what he's like. That's who he is. That's exactly what he's like. So halftime, we got to go to Stanford and get ready for this game. I had brought my Sony Walkman, so I'm listening to the game on the yeah, radio. Maybe explain that to what to the kids. The it's a device kids. where you used to play cassettes. I don't have time for all this, but uh, I was listening What's to the game yeah, and exactly. relaying updates to Tom as our Stanford game was getting underway. Awesome. Trying to explain what had happened. They got a fumble. Hold on, Tom. <laughs> they didn't get a fumble. But I thought you said it was a fumble. I thought it was a fumble. So it was like a uh, Abbott and Costello routine. The Raiders got screwed. They did. I mean, yeah. that was a fumble. I don't care. And, and and if you're a Raider fan and you're watching that Tom Brady, Charles Woodson, 30 for 30. Yeah, at Tom's make, house, right? It'd make you sick. Totally. it make you absolutely ill. Yeah, and and at the time I was I was rooting for the Patriots because I was you know I'm 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 a Niner guy I'm not a Raider guy and Tom Brady I, I interviewed Tom Brady when he came out for the East West Shrine game and I was like yeah when he Tom was in Brady college. Tom Brady what's that when he came out in college yeah when he, oh wow when he 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 played in the East West Shrine game he came out and I interviewed him I'm like ah you know Sarah guy to give him the whole Sarah SI stuff sure. we, we went back and forth but yeah and he was the exact same way then. As he has come across in the media, really ever since. So you know the people say, "Ah, Tom Brady, uh, you know this went to his head." I don't think so, man. I think Tommy Brady is basically the same kid that is that grew up on the peninsula and went to Sarah. And fast forward twenty one years, Dibs, he might be the Raiders quarterback next year. I mean, right? <laughs> wow, Spadone, you really brought it home with that. And I mean, you're not wrong. And here we are, twenty one years later, and the guy's still playing. He's playing well, too, yeah. I think. I think. Now, he's playing all right. I mean, I, I thought it looked good because well, okay. they have no choice but to throw. They got destroyed by the Niners, what, you know, 35-7 yeah. or whatever. But I'm watching that entire game on the binoculars from the from the press box. I thought Brady was faced a fierce rush, and I don't think the Niners did too many. I don't think they got too many hits on him. I mean, the ball came out. It came out on time. He was accurate. They didn't win. But I don't. I wouldn't say it was his fault they didn't win. Right, and uh, you know, you look at his numbers, and he threw for forty six hundred and ninety four yards, sixth most in his twenty two year career. I don't think he and Mike Evans like each other. Yeah, I, I really don't. I've gotten weird vibes from the Evans to Brady. We saw Brady lecturing Evans on the bench, and Evans got got you know angered by that. And Evans has had some really iffy efforts on some of these 50-50 balls. Yeah. And I don't know. I just get this vibe that, I mean, look how many times he, he threw the ball to Evans and look how many times Evans actually caught it in the, in the second half of the year. There were an awful lot of bad balls there. From the Xfinity Mobile text line in the 510, the Raiders is Brady's answer to his midlife crisis? With a question mark? Vegas. Is, <laughs> yeah, his mid-career crisis. So, you know, his career may be only half over. Tom Does he Brady. want to play for the Raiders? My guess is he wants to play for the Niners. What, do the Niners want him to play for them? I don't think so. I don't either. And I, I can't believe we made it through this whole show without getting into the Brady to the Niners nonsense. Because for me, 
And, you know, we can talk about Trey Lance and whether or not the team will look to move Trey Lance. You you told me earlier there's quite a cap hit if they trade Trey Lance. $20 million hit. If you if you keep Trey Lance, he's $9 million on the cap. If you trade Trey Lance, he's $20 million on and the cap. And that's $20 million next year? Yes. And that's just, a, you can't do anything that's with that. Cap, that's a cap hit. Just a cap hit you got to take. Yeah. So you have $20 million less in your salary cap because you trade Trey Lance. Right. That's why I think that there's no way they trade Trey Lance. Yeah, I, I, you know, unless they're absolutely certain that he's not going to be good enough, and you can get a high pick coming back. I don't even think they trade him unless he demands a trade, and 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 does it, and he doesn't really have any leverage. I was going to say, if he demands a trade, you say, "All right, Trey, we'll get back to you." Yeah, we'll trade you one. We're ready to trade exactly, you. exactly, which but would you be after year three, essentially, right? Right. But I mean, if you're the Jets. Would you take Trey Lance? Hell yes. If you're Rand Carthon with the Tennessee Titans, you want Trey Lance? You want Tannehill? You want Malik Willis? I'd I'd rather have Trey Lance. So I think there'll be a market for Trey Lance. The question is, do the Niners... I mean, there's all kinds of ways to play with the cap and this and that. Right. I, I, I don't know if they could make that move and still kind of make other moves to lessen the blow. So we'll, we'll have to see where it goes. Yeah, and the, the idea of, of Tom Brady coming to the Niners, I think, defeats the whole purpose of what the Niners have done so well, which is have not only one but two quarterbacks on rookie deals. That allows you to spend so much elsewhere. And even if Tom came home and gave a hometown discount, he's not playing for the minimum. He, I mean, it would have to be under $10 million bucks. I was to, thinking about $10 million, yeah. But, I mean, how do you tell Brock Purdy if he wins you another playoff game? Oh, yeah, by the way, yeah, you know you've never lost, and you, yeah. you know, you're you 2-0 in the playoffs. Oh, but you know what? You know, we're going to bring in 46-year-old Tom Brady. You're going to sit the bench for another year. And the guy you beat head-to-head, I think that would be a, a tough sell. You're listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ FM and HD1 San Francisco, always live on the Odyssey app. I do think if Tom Brady decides that he wants to play again, that Vegas makes just the absolute perfect most sense. You don't have to worry about foul weather. You don't really have to worry about expectations either. It's, it's the Raiders. They've been down for so long that I think you could just come up. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.